Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's go back to 2011 with Squidge. Let's look at the World Cup again with Squidge. Hello and welcome to a very special Squidge Rugby World Cup retrospective. And do you know why, Mr. William Owen, it's very special? Because it's the last one? Because we're actually living up to the name finally and doing a retrospective. Oh yeah, and we're not talking about normally the World Cup. we've actually just talked about the World Cup as though it's happening, essentially. Yeah. And then occasionally gone, it's a bit different nowadays, isn't it? Wong, wong. <laughs> Whereas now we're actually oh, going to do a retrospective. You can't rock anymore, can we? Back in you know, my day. You know what I say? No one does spiral punts anymore. Right? No one does spiral punts anymore, except George Ford is doing this spiral bomb, and everyone needs to shut up about it because I'm sick of hearing about yeah. innovations in the game. Yeah. I'm also sick of hearing about George Ford and people pretending he's good. Yeah. You know, not in the England squad, of course, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, neither is Mark. no Jacob Boomer, so that's funny. Yeah. No, so we are finally going to do a retrospective on the Rugby World like the Cup whole in 2011. World Cup. Yeah. The whole World Cup. We're just going to look over the whole World Cup. We're going to take this you quite know, literally. We are literally going to do a World Cup retrospective yes. at long last. So, today, I am going to, alongside my fine brother, Mr. William Owen, who is there. Hello. I'm Hi, good. Uh, yeah, thank you for introducing me, Mr. Yeah. Robbie uh, Owen, also known as Squidge. Uh, because you didn't actually introduce yourself. You very humbly no. introduced me, and not yourself. You know, it just goes to show what a great, humble guy you are. Do you want to talk about how humble you are for a minute? I am so, so humble. Yeah. Um, and I am not going to... In fact, I'm not the person to tell you how humble I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. hand that honour over to Mr. Razzy Erasmus, my oh, biggest fan. Classic. Um, oh, no, so... Dick. Thank you. A, a dick almost as big as Razzy Erasmus's. Um, so... <laughs> you are no longer humble, sir. <laughs> no, I am saying I am as big a dick as Razzy Erasmus. And Razzy Erasmus is infamously... The owner of the world's largest penis. Yeah, like not sure. it's not it's not his penis. He just owns it. He yeah. just has it in his house. So today we're going to talk about who has the largest penis at the Rugby World Cup in 2011, right? Who do you think it is? I mean, it's annoying that Skulk van der Meer of the Lion Table didn't go to this World Cup because I think he, did he probably he did go. Did he? He went. Yeah, he just didn't play much. Oh, okay. Game, I think in that case, it's him. Definitely, yeah, it's him. It's it's Sean like, van der there's, there's just no doubt over that. I mean, no, the, the, no, the one doubt, the one question mark is: Does he still have it? Sure, sure. Is it still attached? Yeah, one way or another, he may or may not have lost it. I guess I don't know. Heinrich Brasseau is probably another contender. Maybe. I sure. I did. Luke I did Bonte. want to call him a pussy on one of the earlier episodes, though. So <laughs> I'm kind of having some making up to do. We can run over smallest dick, but we don't need much time to just say James Haskell. Uh, so we can move along to the... <laughs> what we're going to run through is I've collated over the full podcast at the end of each episode as we've gone for each match. Uh, us and whatever guests we've had on have named our dick of the day and our man of the match yes. for each and every game. Um, some of the dicks have been as big as Erasmus. Some of them are small as James Haskell. And we have, as such, put together... I've been through them all. I've kept a, a spreadsheet... And we will be naming both the 15 
of the players with the most Man of the Match and Dick of the Day nominations by position. Yeah. And we will be doing our Man of the Tournament and Dick of the Tournament. Yes. We'll be adding onto the current leaderboard a vote each for yeah. Player of the Tournament and Dick yeah. of the Tournament, which would be and they count three points. Three points, yeah. Three points. Uh, and I'm also thrown open a public vote. Okay. And I will award, I think, four points between them, and I'll split them up because there's going to be a vote there. We'll see how okay. we fall. Okay. For the record, I've not actually picked my player of the tournament yet. Okay. But I, I, I'm going to do this as I go through the team because, yeah, yeah. because I, you know, we've each picked a team in the tournament, which we're going to run through. We've not conferred about this, about who may or may no. not be in our teams. Have you picked a bench for yours as well? I haven't. I've just picked a Oh, 50. okay. I picked a bench because, you know, but I'll run through that very, very okay. quickly. Cool. Just because there's there's a lot of great players that need there's to celebrate. There's lots of really good rugby, I think. I'll tell you what, like, you will have realised that you left out some players who had really good tournaments in your Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's, absolutely. It's quite heartbreaking. Yeah. But Paul Emmerich was robbed. Yeah. Oh, man, spoilers. That's, that's out of the, what, so 30 times 20, like, I don't know, 600 players at this World mm. Cup. You've now ruled out one of them. So there are now 599 <laughs> players available for your team. Uh, sorry, Paul. But so we're first, however, before we move on to our team of the tournament and so on, uh, I want to start on a much contested other point, another award yeah. for our game, our best match of the okay. tournament. And I think we've each picked a top three. Yeah. Uh, and I want to start with, I mean, we, we we briefly mentioned this beforehand. We haven't said what they are, but I think we both picked the same top two. And it's what order we picked them around. Yeah, round we picked right. Them. Yeah. So the question becomes, what have we picked in first? So, so in third place, I've picked my third favourite game in the yeah. Rugby Cup 2011, off the top of my head, because I kind of picked yeah. this in a hurry, was South Africa against Samoa. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, Samoa, and it was Samoa going out of the World Cup, but really mm. fighting for it. And, like, this is, like, seeing this team at their best. And I think they played better in defeat against South Africa than they did in victory against Australia. Mm. And, like, they defended brilliantly. It was the one solitary Brian Habana try that beat them. And George Stow well, was st- scoring for Samoa. And it was a proper, proper hard-fought test match. It was the one Brian Habana try and racism. And racism. the Otter, Phil Manus, Apollo, Thomas. Yes, yes. So yeah, that, that's my third. What's your third place? Uh, my third place, I had two real contenders here. One of which, that would be my fourth place, was uh, Scotland-Argentina. Scotland 13. Oh, that was a great one. No, Argentina yeah. 13, Scotland 12. Yeah, uh, which is the reason why I'm starting this, pod- on... this podcast was because of that, it, uh, it's... that match. So good that game. Yeah, it's I such love that. high intensity. And I said this before, but like both, it's weirdly like a football match in the territory doesn't matter. Sure, neither team can score points. Um, yeah, and it's teams trying to set themselves in that way. That is very much the case in football, soccer, uh, kick, 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 ball. Teams are constantly setting themselves up to score points and missing the opportunities, and that's mm. what that game was like. Sure. It was two teams constantly blowing opportunities against yeah. each other, and it was yeah. so tight and so tense that when one that's took a good one, shout. it was it meant everything. But my third place game is Canada 23, Japan 23. Oh, what a banger of a game that was. I think Canada-Tonga was another another great yeah. one. But... Oh, it was between those two. I, I almost picked that as well. I almost yeah. had that in contention. Oh, that's a great one, man. Like, that was that was such an open game. Um, mm. was that, that was the one where Brash Robbins came on in the first half. And was yes. Just, like, totally electric. Unbelievable. And, yeah. and just completely schooled the entire Canadian team, having, having not been... played for Japan in years. Yeah, having been called up because he happened to be nearby. Yeah. He was, he was qualified... Uh, and he happened six to live. Yeah, type. exactly. He was geography sixth into the starting team. Yeah, because uh, he was at Baskin Robbins nearby. Um, yes, of course, of course. And in yeah, Russia, so it was a game that came down to two kicks in the last five minutes to mm. win it. Um, 
and in the end, the Titanium Ten himself, Vander Monroe, who has become yeah. my new That's spirit animal watching this World Cup, uh, kicked the goal to win it, or to yeah. draw it for Canada. Yeah. Uh, them having been ahead, then falling behind. Uh, DJ Vander Merwe at one point scores a try because no one else was trying. Oh yes, Kazuki Endo just steps out of his way. Yeah, it's probably like everyone else just has a moment of thinking about other things and TTH yeah. scores. It's like he's the that only person focused. Game. That would never happen these days. Like again, no. as mad as that. Don't get me wrong, you get one equally as entertaining, which is mm. played in a similar manner. But the, the exact circumstances of how those tries were scored would never happen complete today. complete lack of focus that happened from both teams to the other team's tries. Yeah. It was like they properly switched off in a very yeah. amateur rugby way. Yeah. But then the other team had professional rugby skill to execute. Absolutely. But both teams had that. It was such an entertaining game. Yeah. And that's as I say, a great it comes shot. down to two late kicks to win it. Yeah. I, I thought that was a superb game. So, uh, do you want to go on to number two? Yeah. So, we, no, actually, should we move on to number one? Because okay. I think we've both got the same thing, and we can yeah. do which one we've each put basically, in the first place. Basically, the two games are, it's either the final or it's Fiji against Namibia, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 Those, we've both gone for those two as one and two. Yeah. Okay. So, I've gone for number one as the final, number two is Fiji against Namibia. I have gone the other way round. I've gone have number you? one is Fiji against Namibia, number two is the final. Okay. But those are two of my favourite games of rugby of all time. Yeah, Those are too. two of my... Top 10, certainly. For totally opposite reasons. And I have watched many, many games of rugby in my life. Yeah. I think the finals are number one for me for the intensity. Mm. And the Fiji-Namibia game is number two for the total lack thereof. Yeah. Um, And the total just like backshittery and throwing it around. And Namibia just playing their part, scoring three drop goals in the first 15. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't remember, Fiji-Namibia was the biggest clash of stars I've ever seen in rugby, Mm. right? In the first 20 minutes, Namibia scored three drop goals and a penalty from their own half, and Fiji scored three tries. Yeah. And all three of their tries came from their own half, from offloading and wild passing and like a cross kick and so on. Um, Which means like 15 minutes into the game, it scores like 21-12 or something like that. Yeah. And it's insanely high scoring. Namibia weren't just kicking the lever off the ball, right? They were then going for drop goals from every opportunity, mm. right? No matter where they were and in nailing the field, them. they're taking... They were, yeah, so Tynes Kotzer, who had one cap going into this World Cup, yeah. was a student um, at, I think, the University of Joburg, and had called himself... He'd been called into the Namibia squad, and basically, the, the coach went, you have such massive balls, we're putting <laughs> you in a 10. Maybe he <laughs> has the biggest dick in. in the tournament. And I think I said this on the episode about it, but if you said to someone watching that game, that guy, that 21-year-old student, is the best fly half in the world, they'd believe you. Yeah, 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 for <laughs> he sure. He played with such he is confidence. so class. Like, yeah, I, I love watching Tynes Kotzer uh, yeah. in this World Cup. Like, that, uh, but you're right, that, that Fiji-Namibia game, it was so open and just Namibia really, mm. really played their part. Uh, and it's it's one of the most I've just ever enjoyed. We didn't do that justice on the episode of it. Like to be honest, like yeah. I kind of I kind of think yeah, we we really. I mean, we did sell it quite well, I think. But yeah. and I've I've not heard that episode in a long time since probably I edited it. But it feels like I I can't recommend that game enough. I think that one's on YouTube, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's if in, anybody's in wanting parts, to but it's watch worth watching. something back after you know retrospectively go over a World Cup, maybe. Mm. But yeah, no, that 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 game is just insane. It's it's so good, and it was played at like four in the morning, and it so yeah. justified. The, it was the second game of the World Cup after the opener between New Zealand and Tonga. Yeah, and it so justified the, the idea third, of getting up. Was it the third game? Scotland and Romania. Oh, of course, Scotland and Romania. Yeah, yeah. But still, it was, the, it was the first time you had to wake up early in the morning on a Saturday yeah. morning. 
Uh, it's so the, justified the idea of getting up and watching every game. You know, yeah. it made you think all of these are going to be worth That's watching. It. BG yeah. Namibia is an absolute banger. It's an all-time like, great for me. So we obviously watched the opening day, opening game on the Friday mm. in 2011. And then you're right, waking up on the Saturday and committing to, we're going to watch every game of this. Romania yeah. pushing Scotland was great. And then yeah. that batshittery, it's just like, yeah, we're doing this. This is a good idea. Watching yeah. every game. And that uh, probably got so, us hooked. so good. And that so, probably so good. set set the foundations for... We both have, mainly you, I will admit, mm. a, an obsession with the Ripper World Cup. Yeah. And I think that that game played a big part in that, you know? I do. No, I think it is. I think it's the real start of me seeing the Rugby World Cup as the best thing in the world. Sure, yeah. yeah. And it is, you know, I've said this before, I think on this podcast, off this podcast certainly, I intend to go to every Rugby World Cup until I drop down dead. You know, yeah. like I want to be there because I and Hopefully you it. do that at a World and Cup. I, wanted, I want that to be how I go, you know? I'm like... Like some sort of Tommy Hopefully Cooper Hopefully not at the third place playoff. Like, I, <laughs> that'll be it. I think I two semi-finals have almost polished me off. So if Wales ever got to a final, I think that'd be it. I think I would Cause of death, drop... Wales versus Fiji. <laughs> I think I'd probably drop down dead at like 67 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it'd be really unsatisfying. Yeah. And also, it'd be awful for the people sat around me. Mm. Like, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't yeah. want a dude dropping down dead next to me if I was sat watching a World Cup final. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty selfish of you, to be fair. I know, it'd be a real dickhead Especially thing Especially if I go with you, because oh, yeah. we're going to the Rugby World Cup in 2023 together. Yeah. And if you die there, I'll be pretty pissed off at you, to be honest. Yeah, I don't intend to. Because then I'll be going around France by myself, and it's just like... Yeah, I'll have, like, videos to make, you know, I've got a lot yeah. to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then I'll, um, I'll have more work to do as well, yeah, like, yeah. if you die. I'll have Sorry to do your, your bits, yeah, that's... that's yeah. Should yeah. we move on to the final? Over end of the tournament. Yeah, Over we did end, speak right for two end. hours and 20 minutes about yeah, it we did. last week. So but... that episode is there if you want to go and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to hear us talk about the final, listen to that. But let's talk about it very quickly. Um, let's do 60 seconds on the final. Okay, uh, starting one of the... now. Okay, one of the tensest, tightest games I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, every single tackle felt like it really mattered and could decide the whole World mm-hmm. Cup, could decide like the fate of both teams and yeah. how they're remembered forever. And I think like the whole thing about uh, Thierry Dusatoire and Richard McCaw kind of standing up mm. felt so symbolic of the game. And it felt like that's what you should get in the Rugby World Cup final. You should get the world-class players standing up and playing at their best. And like Both teams, including France, who were very much written off, played their best game that they played. Like Take take two or three years either side of that World Cup. In fact, probably a lot more yeah, than I three years on the other side of that World Cup. I don't Cup. think France have played that well since, even though they're yeah. very good again. Sure. Uh, and I don't think they played that well since about 1999. Yeah, um, I think that's probably correct. Yeah. I think they were they were very, very good. Deuce Toile was phenomenal. And the All Blacks were better than people actually remember them and give them credit for having watched yeah. it back recently. Yeah. Um, that's that's the other game that I would recommend people go back and watch. Yes. If they haven't already. Because like, I think a lot, of, a lot of people might have done that, uh, given it's the final. Uh, and, mm. uh, like, to celebrate, you know, the final of this yeah. podcast. Um, this is coming up to 60 seconds. Are we done on the final? I think so. Okay. Cool. Well done. That so... was exactly 60 seconds. I'm buzzing with that. <laughs> so we're going for those two as our joint best game. And yeah. then we've then got a bunch of other games floating sure. underneath. So yeah. Argentina, that's a, that's a top Scotland, five. Yeah. Yeah. Canada, Japan. We've got Fiji, Samoa. No, South Africa, Samoa, which I think is a very good shout. Yeah. Fiji, Samoa, very much not. Um, <laughs> that was a shit game. Very, very quickly. This wasn't an official question. Worst game of the tournament? Uh, Georgia, Romania. George, oh, okay. Uh, oh, George Argentina. England. I'm George Argentina was quite fun. Ah, uh, I don't know. George George Argentina. Yeah. Was Amrosino in that? No, that's Georgia. That was Argentina Romania. That was Argentina Romania. 
George, George, George Argentina no. had that that shit Gossio try at the end and Contepoli being a one. Oh yeah, team. no, it was not. But no, none of them were as bad as England Argentina. Yeah, England Argentina which... at least had like <laughs> I don't know. At least it had like a tier one teams battling oh, out as England, like a top of the. No, top. exactly. It wasn't. It still wasn't a good from them. Thing. Yeah, that's um, true. I I, I'm still saying Georgia, Georgia Romania. Or... It's between Georgia Romania and England Argentina for me. But I think okay, England yeah. Argentina because I had to suffer through. I think maybe because I watched half time on that game. Yeah, and I felt like I was living it in real time. And it's because mad there was such that hype around England. We've not said Scotland Georgia because of Cami Black. <laughs> yes, thank you, Cami, for making that game like, entertaining. That game live would objectively be the most boring game of the tournament. But having watched this back, knowing that we had Cami to come and mm. come on and talk about it with us, made it so much more fun. Yes. So. We're going to... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll settle on Georgia, Georgia Romania as the okay. worst game of the tournament. Yeah. Okay. Don't watch we'll that one that. back. <laughs> no. Please don't. Please, for whatever you do, don't watch that one back at all. Yeah. And this then brings us on to the big question, the next big question. Try the tournament. Okay. So basically, what I'm going to do is uh, I've, I've compiled quite a big list of my tries of the tournament. Okay. I'm not going to read them out now, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to make and tweet a playlist of them um, okay. on YouTube of my top 25 tries of the tournament. Uh, because luckily, big up Motty Rugby has uploaded the yes. lot of them on YouTube. So you can go back and watch that if you don't want to watch the games back. I, I want to throw up, right, a bolter for Man of the Tournament. Which is Mad for Rugby. Mad for Rugby ninety nine. What a guy who he has saved most us a lot of, of times. the games from the World Cup to the to his his YouTube channel. Glasgow Warriors fan uploaded them in about 2012, 2013. Yeah, and I appreciate that guy so much. He's saved us and our guests a lot of time. Yeah, Try, trying to track down games and uh, yeah, <laughs> should we try and get him on for one day? <laughs> track just, down Mad just Rugby see what see what he's like. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's a good contender for the uh, player mm. of the tournament. So my top. My top four tries written down here. Okay. So my top four. I don't know. I, I think I probably. Do you want to give us give us the back three, and then I'll. I want to give you my number one. Okay. Okay. So my back three are Gennaro Gennaro Fessia against Romania mm-hmm. for Argentina. Okay. When yes. Danit Dombrava gets the interception, goes most of the way. Then Argentina intercept it again and go the whole way, uh, which is just completely mental. Ben McCallum against Russia. Yes. That's a good Where try. there's just a billion offloads and Quade Cooper passes it when he's definitely going to score. And the other the, the other, the other unsuccessful contender is Lee Halfpenny against Australia. Okay. Um, in the last minute when Wales go, you know, 31 phases, 70 metres uh, and like six minutes to score a brilliant length for the field try. That's a that's a very, very nice try. Um, yeah. I, a couple, I suppose, mentions. Like, I think there's a few Wales score against Fiji that are really nice. Mm. Yeah, um, there's one Jamie Rob- Jamie Robson's second try. I thought was brilliant. Oh, that's it's lovely. Yeah, really George lovely. North's try is great. George as well. North's love try. Yeah, I there's the try Fran Stain scores from a cross kick by Danny Rousseau. Yeah, no Heinrich Rousseau. Heinrich Rousseau. Sorry. Yes, which just worth mentioning because it's a flanker in 2011 doing skills. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'm sure there's I. I like Phil McKenzie's try against. Yeah, Tucker. a great individual try to win the game for his team. Yeah. There's a bunch of tries the All Blacks score, and they all become the same. You know, like the All Blacks score so many great tries, that yeah. it's hard to pick them apart. No, I get that. But <laughs> Van Sonclair against England, <laughs> if only because it gives you the highlight of Ben Foden and Chris Ashton tackling each other instead of Van Sonclair. Yeah, that's a lot of fun, that one is. But Sh- I'm... Okay. Go on, what's your try of the tournament? 
Uh, I am not going to tell you. Okay. I rather I'm going to entrust that to somebody else. Oh yes. I think that says it all. Yeah. Lucas that Gonzalez was... and Morosino's winning try against Scotland. It's also yes. my try of the tournament. Yeah. We both picked the same one. It's yeah. one of the, it's probably the greatest individual try in the history of the Rugby World Cup. It's right up there, isn't it? I I know that Christian Cullen scored that 100 meter try against John Kerwin yeah, in the first yeah. World oh, Cup yeah. match. Yeah. Amar Nonu in the final in 2015. Yeah. yeah. But look, that's insane. As far as great finishes go, right? I think no it right. outdoes Colby in the final in 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I with think you. that is maybe the best wingers finish you've seen in a rugby world cup. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's it's insane, and that commentary definitely does it justice. Mm. I assume that a lot of people who've heard this have seen that try before. But if not, go check it out. When you type Lucas Gonzalez and Marocino into YouTube, it's the first thing that comes up. Mm. And believe me, I do that nightly. <laughs> oh, just regular, very, very regularly. Essentially, he, the, yeah, uh, Argentina are six points behind, mm-hmm. and there are three minutes to go. And he is given the ball on the wing without that much space. Yeah, and he takes on essentially the entire Scottish team. Uh, skins all of them either on the inside or and steps them back staff. on the inside. Yeah, exactly. And then he keeps going, like beats the entire cast of train spotting and yeah. then continues and grounds the ball for Contopomi to kick the conversion that wins it. Just in time for Contopomi to then be offside and yeah. <laughs> and deny Dan Park the drop goal to win it. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, I mean, you alluded to that game earlier being a banger and it most yeah. certainly was. Yeah, that's that's. I, I I'm glad that we're in agreement about that being the yeah. try of the tournament. I oh, had a feeling you'd like, pull up something else, but it's no. So of course it's Ambrosino. Yeah, I thought about that for about two seconds. Yeah, yeah. If that, you know, like I, he beat more defenders, and I had to think about it for seconds. Mm. Typically, I'm more of a team try man than an individual try man. Mm. You know, I'm more about flashy offloads and and beating you know beating them before you get to contact. But I just think that one's oh. special. That's so I, special. That you try. know me, I love. I love tries that come from great phase play. You know, I yeah. think Corey Hill's try against England in 2019 is one of the best tries I've ever seen. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, it's 40-odd phases and every player on the team touches it. But, Do you know what, um, I mean, Amorosino, man. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you now the worst try of the tournament. Okay. Penalty try. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Not to bring a downer on um, it, but I just really fucking hate that guy. No, I, I understand it. I understand why. Penalty try, I will spoil it. Uh, only got two nominations for Dick of the Day. Okay. Hence, from me, I think. Did not make the team. Did uh... not make the the 15 for Dick of the Day. Most okay. Dick of the Day nominations. Okay. Nor did he make Man of the Match team. Good. Um, Good. I say we now run through our teams of the tournament by yeah. units quite quickly. Okay. Before we move okay. on to the official thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so we're gonna go Let's your go front row, then my front row. The back three. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you go back three, okay. and then centers. Then. Sorry. Do you want to start with us? Okay. So fullback or Israel Dag, and then on the wings, Vance Clair and James O'Connor. I went Israel Dag at fullback, and Vance Clair and Lucas Amorosino on the wings. 
I thought about Messina. I thought about Chris Ashton as well. Yeah, yeah. Chris Ashton was robbed, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, Ashton and Claire finished as joint top try scorer. Um, yeah. Ashton obviously played fewer games because he went out six. in the quarterfinal. Yeah. Um, but he did score most of his tries against, other than one against Scotland, you know, against Romania and Georgia. So yeah. there's question marks there. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, centres, I think 12 will both have nailed on. Mononu. Yep, yeah, I have Mononu at 12. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who have you got at 13? So I had a map of sewer. Okay. Okay. Who mostly played 12, but... You know, yeah, but he played out. 13 against the Springboks. Oh, of course uh, he did. And shifted out every now and then when Sapu had come on. So mm. I'm having those two together in my centre pot. Oh, man, no, you've, you've, you've beat me there, I think. Yeah. Uh, I went with DTH Vandem over. Oh, he, he had a great tournament in fairness. Yeah. Um, and so much better than I remembered him being. <laughs> yes. And so physical <laughs> and fast. And full of bleak blonde hair. Yeah. Which was, you know, a nice gimmick for him. Yeah. 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 So that's a good good selection. I respect that. Uh yeah, like James O'Connor on the wing, I think really underrated. Yeah. From that Australian back. Played, very played well. really, really well on the wing. Yeah, played uh, very well. And managed to be a really interesting twist on that role. In yeah. that he was both a playmaker and he was someone who would stand out like, on the wing and step. He actively managed to run. utilize his skill set, which it yeah. feels like would be wasted in any position, right? Yes. And I think still to this day, a lot of Australian fans are trying to figure out how to best use that. Mm. But in this World Cup, he really, really made use of that. Yeah, I thought he was excellent on the wing. And feels like a bit of an outside shout, but there we yeah. are. Yeah, very good at Australian uh, back. Do you want to start with halfbacks? Uh, halfbacks, I've gone Will Genia and Reese Priestland. Uh, I went Reese Priestland and Foy Dupria. Uh, I very nearly went Foy Dupria, but then I just mm. kind of remembered that Will Genia's basically got man of the match in most of Australia's games for at least one person um, nominated. Sure. So. You know. No, I think it's hard to argue with. I just yeah. think Foy Dupree was the Springboks' best player yeah. in this World Cup. And I, I think did have him margin watching it back, frankly. Yeah, uh, I had to sub him out quite late. Stand out. Uh, yeah. And Reese Priestland, form of his career, Unreal. best he ever played, and Unreal. the best. It, at the time, it felt like a hipsterish thing to say. I think Priestland might have been the best ten in the tournament. Yeah, but actually looking, looking back, back it's, he is. He was he is the, the best ten. He stand-out. was the best ten. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think- Cooper had a meltdown consistently. Dan Carter got injured quite yeah. early on. All the other All Blacks halves then got injured like two minutes later. Yeah. Who else was and, there, really? I mean, the likes of Contopomi had a great World Cup. Uh, Monet Stain but obviously had a great Fernandez World Cup. Fernandez was playing 10 mostly. Yeah, Monet yeah, Stain exactly. had a pretty good World Cup, but yeah. I think Reese Preston was more I think balanced. Preston, Preston was the standout. Preston yeah. was, is the standout out of all of them by quite some distance, to be honest. And like, look at how much Wales fell apart when he suddenly was unavailable, you know? Yeah. I, I think he is. he was the best 10 in the tournament by quite some distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Front row, I have gone for Tony Woodcock, Marius okay. Tinku, and Martin Castro-Giovanni. Interesting. Okay, I've gone quite different. Well, mm-hmm. in some places. I've gone Jean-Baptiste Pou, okay. Marius yeah, Tinku, yeah. and Nicolas yeah. Mass. So we both agree on Marius Tinku. Yeah. Romania captain, was their best player by a huge margin. Like, who else was there? That, that was, I mean, I, I can say that on the bench well, I had Mario Ledesma. Was the Mario Ledesma okay, and Kevin Mialamu. I yeah. thought both very yeah, good, did have good consistently. Good. And Andrew, uh, Andrew Hall, to be fair. Whereas I do think Marius Tinker was the best hooker in the ball stage. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, and obviously but, didn't play beyond that. But every game, and you saw when Bogdan Suman came in for it. Oh, Christ. How, how that changed. How that team suddenly didn't look competitive in a way. You yeah, know, like they, sure. Sure, they put out their second 15 against England, but they looked yeah. so much more competitive when Tinker came on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Marius Tinker was insane. And like he was he played such a big part in nearly destructing Scotland. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was voted man of the match by maybe both of us in that game. Um, uh, quite I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yes he was. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, he, he had a very, very good tournament, Marius Tinku. 
Mm. I remember that coming up as us him being the one Romanian player we'd heard of. Yes. Before this World Cup, and then yeah. saying like, "Oh, he's class. Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. really good." Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you selected him as well, and yeah. that doesn't feel like an outside shout from me because I genuinely believe that he was the best in the tournament. I don't and understand. Like Castro just... was so destructive all through the pool stage. Yeah. Like every yeah. single scrum struggled up against him, and he carried really yeah. well, scored a couple of tries. That's a really so... good shout. I kind of forgot about him because like he mm. he got a couple of man of the match nominations yeah. as well, right? So. He did. Yeah, he played very well and carried very well. I could, I, I find it quite hard to see past Jean-Baptiste Pou because I just think sure. he was really consistent and he was kind of the rock in France's team. Nicolas Mass kind of stood out to me a little bit as well, but I think you're right. I think you've, oh, okay. Yeah, I think you've done me with uh, Castro. I think, I think actually you've persuaded me uh, with him. I also on the bench selected uh, Tendai and Tarry with slash Mike McDonald because I think McDonald <laughs> had a really really good tournament uh, and, and was one of the USA standard. Yeah. He was one of the USA's like, most stand-up players. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, struggled with the scrum a bit, but was everywhere all yeah. the time. Yeah. Our second row I thought was the most difficult position to pick. Very hard to pick, the second row. I'm not really sure why. I, but... Yeah, I went with Sam Whitelock and Alan Wynne-Jones. Okay, um, okay. I think Alan Wynne was quietly very good. He was yeah. slightly loud in the pool stage, I think. Uh, but then his usual sort of quietly going about everything very well yeah uh that he did for most of his career before he became this talismanic thing yeah figure. uh yeah so he was nailed on for me i thought he was the standout second row okay and i know i've got a reputation for being biased towards him but yeah. i do stand by that and then white lock i think was in that weird transition phase he had between being a really pacey dynamic lock yeah. and being a shithouse bastard which is yeah. what he's become since and this was kind of him at like his sweet spot between the two before yeah. he was a full on caveman bastard but whilst he was still i had get some that of the pace that he had when he was like 20 i think that's a good selection i've gone with brad thorne and paul o'connell okay i've gone with alan jones as like my reserve so yeah. I, I think between us, we, Alan Wynn takes the spot. But yeah, I, I think Brad Thorne was sort of the enforcer and would typically play 80 minutes for the All Blacks mm. and not really drop off despite no. being sort of the old guard in that, that and pack. The so, amount of just looking back on it 10 years on, outright illegal shit he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he just cheated at every single phase, every single involvement. Which, but he was super look, important to the All Blacks team. Yes, don't so, get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. More power to him for yeah, being you mean the most a, illegal player on the field. like a compliment, don't you? Yes. Yeah. And Paul O'Connell, likewise, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think he he's kind of a standing item. Like, it's not like... He probably wouldn't look back at this World Cup and think, oh, that was the best rugby in my career. I just no. think he generally played very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back row. I've cheated a little bit here. Okay. And I wonder if you've done the same thing. Uh, I've put Richie McCaw at six. Okay. In order to go David Pohock at seven. Okay. Uh, have you done the same thing? Nope. Nope. Okay, who have you got as your flankers? I've got Jerome Kano at six. Oh, of course. Uh, Julian Bonaire at seven. Okay. And Sergio Parise at eight. I've got Emil Aronordiki at eight. Okay, we've both gone different back rows. Yeah. I've got Sam Warburton as my reserve on the bench. Yeah, Sam Warburton can feel hard done by being left out, yeah. as can Bonaire. Uh, as can Jerome Kaino, you're spot on there. I completely yeah. forgot about Kaino for some reason. Yeah, Kaino was insane. But I think Pocock was playing some of the best rugby of his career here. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think he played the best rugby of his career. Back row was the hardest position to pick. Yeah, yeah, agreed. For sure. The um, most back row stood up. I mean, you put out a tweet before this saying, who's your player of the tournament? And he listed three sevens. Yes. Which says a lot. And also, like, I, I've not picked any of those three sevens in my no. team. Which is the, no, the bizarre thing. 
that Julien Bonaire, I think, just he was so consistent for France. He was like, even when they lost to Tonga, he was maybe their best player. Mm. And then in the knockouts, he just really made sure that he would do anything to make sure France won that World Cup. Yeah. Alas, they didn't. But I, I just think he was phenomenal. Wait, what? Did I watch? Spoiler. Did I watch an alternate version? You must have done. Did I watch? Did I watch the alternate ending. I watched the original ending. Yeah, the one supposed to It's like you know that that live episode of EastEnders they did where they had, they had yeah. like the six endings. Yeah, you you watched the wrong one. But oh no, they what a what DVD. a pull there! What a reference! Yeah, what a twelve-year-old reference to a to a British <laughs> to one episode of East Enders, which I've never watched an episode of East Enders. Well, no, not I've never meant to watch an episode of, of East yeah. Enders. It's I've always seen on. like an episode, an end yeah. of an episode, but. Yeah, I remember watching some of that, and uh, one actress just completely forgot her lines, and it was great. <laughs> love that! I love that. No, it's it's like the end, the alternate ending of Scott Pilgrim, where he ends up with knives that they then reshot. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's exactly the same as that. So yeah, Sergio Parise was really good in the group stage, mm. and he he scored a bunch of tries. Uh, he led them really well. He did a bunch of flashy shit as well. You know, I can't not give it he to Parise. Almost know? as good as he's going to be in the twenty twenty three World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Do you um, see the photo of him? He turned up to training with the Italian under twenties the other day. Did he? Uh, yeah, I think tried he to just do, like go a, back and do it again. Yeah, I think he'd grow like a hipster beard and was like, "How do you do, fellow children?" TikTok, am I right? Uh, <laughs> but there was then a photo of all of them posing with them, and most of them are kind of looking like, "Who's this old man?" Like, That's great. Imagine he tries really to come through the under twenties in the next couple of yeah. years, just like. Starts afresh. Hello, I'm you know, Pugio Cerise. When you finish, when you complete the game and go back and start it from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. He's playing New Game Plus. Yeah, exactly. He's got all his skills and abilities from the previous run through. Oh man. Also, as so, yeah, my bench: Ledesma, uh, McDonald, Alan Wynne Jones, uh, mm. Warburton, Duprea, Tynes Kotzer, and Chris Ashton. Yes, Tynes Kotzer. Now we're talking. Yeah. However. If we move on to, which I think we shall now do. Hang on. Oh. Before before you do that, okay. I, basically, there's one other thing which I've not told you about, that, but I'm going right. to run through. I found the team of the year I picked in 2011 oh, really? when I was 14 years old. Yes. Okay. Uh, I found this uh, on an old tweet, which I've since deleted. I've deleted a lot of tweets. <laughs> um, but I found uh, the team of the year I picked in 2011, aged 14. Okay, so okay. expect this to be very questionable. Woodcock, Mialamu, okay. Poo. Okay. Okay. Uh, bear in mind, John Moxie's Poo is a loose head, and I picked him at the yes. head. I um, did Yeah, Victor Matfield and Richie Gray in the second row. <laughs> sure, okay. Thierry Dusatois, Sam Warburton, and Sergio Parise as my back row. I've stood by one of them. Parise, okay. Genia and Carter as my half-backs. Okay, sure, that reflects the World Cup. Yeah, it's team of the year rather team than of the World year. Cup. Team of the year. Yeah, so Dan Carter, who barely played in the Rugby Championship. Right. Where yeah. they lost. Yeah. Right. He created the Six Nations, though. <laughs> Isn't it mad to think that this kid who wrote this has gone on to have a career as like, oh, I write about <laughs> rugby now. Robertson Bod in the centres. Okay. Uh, and a back three of Vincent Clair, George North, and James O'Connor, who played one test at fullback all year against Russia. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was the team of the year I picked in 2011. Okay, it's roughly the same thing. You're, you're pretty spot on, you know? Yeah. I like your, your reliance on combinations such as Robertson O'Connell, yeah. Carter and Gannon. You know, you know they, they're things that click together. Robertson O'Connell? Robertson O'Connell, yes. Yeah. That's who you put, didn't you? You, you yeah, were 14, Robertson you wouldn't O'Connell. know better. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. John Buckley's pill with a tight head, I clearly just thought, oh, he's, he's quite good. Uh, yeah, that he's means, big. you know, he's a prop, and th- therefore yeah. they're, they're all the same. 
Yeah, they, I did not stop and think about the fact Nicola Mass is the one who plays Tighthead. Yeah, and therefore is the guy you're attributing, the guy whose good work you're attributing to Jean Baptiste Pou. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do, do you want to move on? So, as I said at the start, and this is the thing I think we've been teasing, we've been building up to for a very long time, right? We have kept and collated. This is the main event. Yeah. The I've kept a list, a spreadsheet of every man of the match and dick of the day nomination. Yeah. Throughout this whole cup right i want to begin by asking you some questions based on the statistics we've got here okay okay in front of me okay i'm going to ask you to take a guess at how many referees you think have been nominated by either one of ourselves or the guests on that episode as dick of the day i'm gonna say two you're saying two okay. yeah do you think it's higher or lower than the referees have been nominated for man of the match higher of course it's higher and, okay, do you think it's higher or lower than the number of players from Wales who've been nominated as Dick of the Day? Lower. You think it's lower? I can tell you, both Wales and the referees have been nominated seven times for Dick of the Day. Wow! So Wayne um, Barnes has one. For um, the sake of this, Roland I has one. did... Oh, has one. I put, so... Uh, Warren Gatlin, for example, is a Kiwi, but I put him in as a Wales Dick yeah, of the Day nomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 100%. There's, a, there's a few things like that. Like Martin Johnson, obviously, is an England one. Of course, but there's yeah. a few where... Nick Heath you know, like, picked him, didn't he? Like, uh, yes. Yeah, so, for example, uh, Gareth Mason nominates South African commentators, and I put yes. him as a South African Dick of the Day nomination. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few like that. Like, Nigel Owen... Admittedly, Nigel Owens counts towards both Wales and referees tally. Okay, okay. So, we have... Yeah, so seven for Wales and the referees, right? Okay. And he's at the starting point. Uh, do you think that's more or less than England got nominated for Man of the Match? With English players I, nominated I for think we were probably quite harsh on England players. So I'm going to say that's higher. That's higher. That is higher than England got nominated for Man of the Match. We had 10 England players nominated for Man of the Match. Okay. Do you think that's higher or lower than New Zealand? Oh, no. It's, it, can't be, it can't be higher than that. Because we've... I mean... Yeah, there was Marnano so, got like five on his own, I think. So, so New Zealand played seven games, right? Okay, that gives them a total, a maximum of twenty-one possible nominations you can get, right? Twenty-one okay. is the highest you can get in either category, uh, which would include, which would mean you had a guest on for every episode we did. Okay, uh, and we, so really, it's it's twenty because there wasn't you know, sure. no for the final. So. Yeah, so England had ten. Yeah, New Zealand also had ten. Okay, we gave the same number of man of the match nominations in New Zealand and England. Okay. okay. Let's go Dick of the Day nominations by Argentina, the home country of one Mr. Martin Rodriguez. I pulled okay. a face when you said the word think, Argentina. Do you think New Zealand no, do you think New Zealand got more or less man of the match nominations than Argentina got Dick of the Day nominations? I reckon about equal. Do you think about equal? Uh Argentina got one more Dick of the Day nomination. Ah. Argentina got eleven. Wow, right, that's and we'll see when we get into the team who yeah. that is spilling through. Oh boy, I wonder. However, I am going to ask. Okay, the few bonus questions. Right, uh, there was one country that was not nominated for one of the two categories a single time. Right, so of the, the of the twenty countries in the World Cup, right, that gives you forty possible categories in terms of man of the match or dick of the day that can be nominated for either. Right, okay. There's okay. one point where there's one that's zero. Okay, where I. Which country do you think it was, and do you think it was Man of the Match or Dick of the Day that you can get a nomination for? I think it's either Russia or Georgia. I think... 
Oh no, Mario Kuga Godzo got a man of the match award, so I think it's Russia didn't get a man of the match. Russia did not get a man of the match, correct. Uh, they got one dick of the day, uh, which was for Yuri Koshinarev. Uh, for being a turnkey, as I believe Harry oh, Dale of looked course. up. Yes. <laughs> Which is the Russian for turn style. Yes. Um, so we have Russia, didn't get a single Man of the Match nomination, did get one Dick of the Day nomination. That ties them with Romania as the fewest <laughs> Dick of the Day nominations. Wow. So there's the... the, the, the so like the, the Specsavers Fair Play Award goes in joint to Romania and Russia with the fewest Dick of the Day nominations. We would like to invite Yuri Kushnarev onto the stage to accept this award on behalf <laughs> of Russia. Um, uh, however, fewest... Uh, I take a guess, So every country other than Russia got Man of the Match awards. Okay. Right? Uh, Namibia and Fiji only got one each, which were both in the same game. Okay. Uh, which were for Leonie Nakarawa and Tynes Kotza. Okay. In that, that game we talked about. Yeah. No referees were also nominated, but counted them as the 21st team. Okay, okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We then have... So Tonga had two. Scotland and USA both had four. Well, should we? Canada also had four. Georgia had three, all of which were Muka Godze. Um, which kind of says a lot he about how they that played team. literally on his back at points yeah that's pretty insane uh, again Romania had two both Marius Tinku nice so there's a, there's a you know there's a couple like that Tonga got yeah two one of which was Tanya Lamoa who however despite being one of his country's two players nominated for Man of the Match was also responsible for half of their Dick of the Day nominations yeah. half of their four they Dick were the both me I think yeah yep. uh, all three of those were you However, right, the big one. Which country do you think had the most Man of the Match and Dick of the Day nominations? You Combined. Two categories. Two categories. Oh, okay. Man of the Match nominations, I'm going to say the most would have been South Africa. Okay. I can tell you that is incorrect. South Africa only got six. Okay. Uh, most Dick of the Day nominations, who do you think? Most Dick of the Day nominations... Australia. You're correct. It is Australia with 12. Man of the Match is also Australia with 12. Ah. So Australia win both categories and therefore the Rugby World Cup (laughs) with 12 nominations. That's the trophy we've got out for that particular very specific award. However, if we were to add it up and take away Dick of the Day nominations off the wins for Man of the Match, yeah. right? Australia come out for a score of zero because they got the same for both. Yeah, of course. 
And again, if we're to work it like that, the yeah. overall winners are New Zealand, who okay. come out with a, po- a plus six score. Yeah, they didn't really yeah. do much dickishness, did no. they? Four dick of the day, six man of the match. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And weirdly, France then finished second with nine man Does of the match not... and four dick of the day. Okay. As you said. So it finishes actually reflecting the final. Yeah, fair uh, play. Weirdly, think... then Ireland would be third. Um, okay. And, you know, they obviously the that mean they're getting to a semi-final. So yeah. that's very unrealistic now. Yeah, fair play. That, that's that's good. That I think that's how the Rugby World Cup should be decided in future. Mm. Uh, I, I want to say particular praise to Scotland, to Samoa, to Italy, to Australia, as I've mentioned, uh, and to South Africa, who yeah. all had the exact same number of Man of the Match and Dick of the Day nominations. Wow, fair play. That's that's good. And also to England, Argentina, and then Tonga, who were the only countries who had more Dick of the Day nominations than Man of the Match. <laughs> fair play. That's impressive. Should we should we do the Dick of the Day so, team, of the team of the tournament? Okay. So, do you want to start at fullback and work down? Sure. Hit fullback, me. fullback, right, is the position in which the luckiest man in the tournament exists because Dick of the tournament at fullback is Martin Rodriguez, right? Yeah, we know that. Despite Sean Webb having three nominations. Oh my God. I do want to, though, spoil one because... The only player to make both teams. Can you take a guess who it is in the back three? Chris Ashton. Of course it's Chris Ashton. Yeah. Chris Ashton wears the 14 show for both teams and has to play against himself. Okay. Fair play. Chris Ashton came in with two Dick of the Day votes and four Man of the Match votes. Okay. So really came out in credit. Yeah. Uh, we then have, in the rest of the back row, we have James O'Connor. We have, in the centres... And I want to say, like, I waited this, so if you got Man of the Match from different games, then I waited it heavier. Okay, um, okay. So, say if you got two Dick of the Day nominations, but they're in different games, that then counted more than both of us. Sure, in the same game. yeah, yeah. That was how I waited this. That's fair. Um, like, it's a tiebreaker. Yeah. Centres, we have Anthony Fenger and James Hook. Oh, what a shock. What a <laughs> yeah, surprise. What a surprise. Anthony um, Finger. Do you want to take a guess at the halfbacks? To say Silvea. Yes. Slash... Felipe Contepomi, of course. Toulouse Levea. Yeah. the 10 shirt. And Nicolas Vigaggio. Nicolas Vigaggio, correct. Yeah. Spot on. Uh, Loosehead, actually. I did put in penalty try. I missed that. Yeah. Penalty try is playing Loosehead. Yeah. Okay. Had to be. We then have Leonardo Gherardini at hooker. Oh, Bogdan Suman's robbed. Yeah. Leonardo Gherardini sneaks in ahead of Bogdan Suman. Uh, and Yanni du- Duplessis oh, okay. at tight head. What did he do wrong again? Oh, I don't remember. I can't remember. Um, I mean, I had DJ Khaled written down as a tight head potential. Uh, DJ Khaled is in the team's hype man. Ah, oh, nice. So, weirdly, not a single second row was nominated for I wondered this. Day. Not a single second row. That's pretty uh, mental. So the only second row I've got in is Martin Johnson, who obviously had right. retired by this World Cup, was a coach. Um, but the only second row nominated. So I have written down... Andre Garbasov could play second row. Okay, yeah, yeah. For giving away that try to Andrew Trimble where he batted <laughs> yes. the ball towards his try line. Okay, that's really interesting. Who's the back row then? The back row, uh, James Haskell. Uh, wait, no, is there another one on there? No, it's, sorry, I couldn't read it. It was so small. It was his piece. Okay. Mario Bergamasco. Yeah, of course, Bergamasco. Mar- obviously Bergamasco. And Pierre Spies, late contender. Oh, okay. Snuck okay. in on the quarterfinal round. Okay, I had uh, I had written down Miguel de Acheval. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But... Um, 
I also had written down Felipe Contepomi. Mm. Very lucky to miss out there uh, after yeah, his yeah. antics oh, yeah, the tournament. Absolutely I was. feel like he's probably quite close. 12. I'm amazed James Hook's gotten in because there's James, there's... James Hook flew above, a con- flew above Contepomi in the bronze match. Well, uh, even if we exclude Contepomi, mm. there are two standout 12s that are two of the dicks of the tournament. Eliotte Fulmanizopoulou. And Andrewson Eula. Andrewson Eula, yeah, yeah. I think it just would have felt cruel to give San Eula n- nominations. Yeah, he kind of flew under the radar a bit there. And yeah. also, I mean, Mirko Bergamasco and James Patterson on the wings would have made for a great backline. Yes. It's mad to think in that backline I've got written down of Fagaggio, Levea, Bergamasco, San Eula, Ampfinger, James Patterson, Rodriguez. Rodriguez is genuinely the standout player in that backline. <laughs> yes. Um, to very quickly, right, so Coach Mark Lievemont, commentators, yeah. I've from commentators, uh, and the high yeah. man DJ Khaled. The yeah. referee with the most Dick of the Day nominations, do you want to take a guess? Um, Wayne Barnes. This surprised me, Nigel Owens. Oh, okay. I can't mm. remember what he might have got that I, for. It's probably just making up laws. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one notable referee who didn't get any, of course, is Steve. 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 Uh, can we have a moment to talk about Steve, please? Yeah, I love him. I miss him. Well, I, he, he's one yeah. of the best of this tournament. He's yeah. the, the best thing about watching this tournament back. Uh, Steve Walsh, for anyone who doesn't remember him, was a impossibly handsome referee who liked to play by his own rules and was sometimes just make up the rules to make the game more entertaining. Yeah. And no one cared because he was so handsome. So yeah. goddamn handsome. Yeah, insanely he would, handsome. And he knew it. Like He would often uh, stare at himself on the big screen and just admire his own face because he yeah. was so handsome. Yeah. And and I miss him. And it's a shame oh. that the next World Cup we're doing isn't 2015 or 2007 yeah. because uh, I'd like to watch a bit more of Steve Walsh and that's the reason yeah. why I want to watch World Rugby Games. You did, of course, tease there and we will be revealing. Yeah, that was deliberate. That was very deliberate. Yeah. So, man of the match, team of the tournament. Okay? Yes, hit me. We I don't have, know anything about this. We have a back three of Lucas Gonzalez and Rosino. One of, of course, only three players to get unanimous freeway man of the yeah, match. Yeah. Uh, Chris Ashton and Alizana Tuolangi. Okay, okay. That's interesting. Tuolangi making it in. Yeah. I guess he scored that hat trick against Namibia, didn't he? So mm. that will have counted in his favour. Absolutely did. Uh, we then have in the centre, Mar Nonu and Beric Barnes. Okay, okay. That makes sense. I mean, again, Beric Barnes in like completely schooling the third place player probably did him some favours. Uh, Beric Barnes also has the benefit of a being the, one of two players to receive a half vote. Oh, really? Um, because I voted for... There was one game where he was replaced... He replaced Curly Bill at half-time and I gave them a joint man of the match because I thought they were the best player in either half the play. That's a cop-out, that is. So That's such a um, cop-out. So Why do I allow Barnes, that? Beric Barnes has half a vote. They came on at half-time, and I wanted to give reward them either. So that kind of bumped him up a bit, okay. Beric Barnes. He actually ended with with more votes than Nonu, uh, oh. thanks to that, as the, the standout centre heads moving Nonu to 13. Half-backs, right, and I love this. At 9, Foy de Priya. At 10, we have a tie between Ander Munro and James Arledge. <laughs> I did not see that coming at all! That's incredible. Up yours, Dan Carter. <laughs> Take that, Reese Priestland, in the form of your life. Mornay Stain, who gives phenomenal. a shit? 
Ander oh Monroe, Canada legend, as I nicknamed so, on this podcast, the Titanium 10, because he liked to thunder himself into everything and nothing hurt him. Right, so we need to now decide which of those two makes the team in tournament. I know which yes. way you're going to lean. Um, of course you do. You you argue in... Okay, you're going to argue in favour of Monroe, and for the sake of this, I'm going to argue in favour of Arledge. Can, okay? we put, can we get the clock back up? We get 60 seconds. Each. Yes, okay. They start okay. in three, two, one, go. Has there ever been a fly half better than Andy Monroe? I know you're probably thinking yes, but yeah. I would argue that no. Because, Andam, right, what is the job of a fly half, right? Some people think it's the pass to distribute to kick, whatever. Who gives a shit? I think the job of a 10 is to thunder up as quickly as possible, be hard as nails, be pro- probably made of metal, and smash randomly opposition players, knock yourself out doing it, then get up immediately and carry the ball hard on the game line. Uh, I whilst also being able to kick last minute winning penalties and being, you know, generally all round a wonderful goal kicker and a very distinctive looking man. I think Andrew Monroe is the greatest fly half to have ever played rugby union for Canada uh, in the 2011 Rugby World Cup in particular. And I love him very dearly. He is my spirit animal and I want to see him in every possible team. Have I run out of time yet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got ten seconds to argue for James Arledge. I think. Oh, that... I, no! You get sixty seconds. You get sixty oh, do seconds I? as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, You've got three more seconds in that case. Three more seconds. Well, Anne Monroe, love him. Great. Vote. Okay. Well, I'll now argue in, in favour of James Arledge. Why don't I? So, yes. I think. How good's your defence, Robbie? Um, not very good. Wait, well, in this, mean Anne if... Monroe. No, no, Anne no, 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 Outstanding. Forget that. Forget that. How good's your defence? Me personally, not great. If your defence is shit. I've got a great fly off to play against you. <laughs> James Arledge. If, if if you give him a shit defence, he will score all the time, right? Grubber kicks, they could go well. Or they could deflect really badly. And we could be scoring points, baby. We could be breaking really shit half-hearted tackles. We could be scoring touchline conversions and just generally playing for Nottingham and the Dragons and stuff. Yeah, it's Andaman Row, isn't it? Yes, Andrew Monroe at fly half with Fauré Dupria, the all-time great halfback combination. Imagine how little Dupria would approve of this. Imagine how little he'd know who Andrew Monroe was. But like, he'd turn he'd up play to play in the stream first 20 team. minutes and just think, like, who the fuck is this Joker? Well, no, it's the blueprint for Andre Pollard. <laughs> Andrew Monroe walked so Andre Pollard could run. Yeah, I think those are two deserving top two tens of the tournament. Yes. Though. That's incredible that's landed on those two. <laughs> this is why we coming. put equal weighting on on the pool stage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And this is why we maybe potentially sometimes weight it so the episodes with guests on will get slightly more votes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, front row, we have props, Key and Healy and Martin Castro-Giovanni. Okay, that makes sense. And at hooker, we have Marius Tinku. Okay, yeah. Another tier two representative. Yeah, he's stood up. Second row, we have Alan Wynne Jones as one lock, and the other is a tie between Leonel Nale and Leone Nakarawa. Okay, okay. I think we'll give that to Nale because he made the final. Sure, okay. Yeah, okay, brilliant. And then at. Oh, we could give it to Nakarawa because he got in despite not making the final. <laughs> That's true, actually. He had less games. It's Nakarawa. Fuck off, Nale. Um, either way, Glasgow's going to sign whoever we choose. Yeah. And also, isn't That's the topical. Yeah. At six, okay, at seven, I put David Pocock. Um, okay. Who walks into the team. At eight, Muka Godze. Okay. And at six, we have a tie between Schalkberger and Richie McCaw. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, I think McCaw got his votes in the bigger games, didn't he? I suppose he did. He got them. Scott Burger obviously played less, but quarters. He um, got them across semis. more games as well. Whereas like... Burger got his in a, a fraction of Fiji. Yeah, let's say McCaw. I think I think that's at yeah. six for the, the sake of Burger was excellent. Yeah, but I feel like that's Richie McCaw. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, so now we're going to each pick a man of the tournament and a dick of the tournament. Before right? we do that. I yeah. want to throw it open to Twitter. So I tweeted oh, okay. a poll for people to vote for both their play of the tournament and their dick of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, so we've had plenty of mentions come in. I mean, yes, and Reese Thomas suggested Martin Gillingham as man of the tournament after he <laughs> mentions in Nottingham. That's uh, a great shout. He unfortunately really calmed down as we went on. And yeah. I think the eventual tally, as I could find it. That I shows that Yestin is a long-time listener. <laughs> yes. But I believe over the World Cup, he mentioned Nottingham 19 times, which to say he commentated on, I think, about 15 games actually yeah. kind of calmed down, you know, like it became sure. far better. Whereas the yeah. opening match, he mentioned them, I think, like eight times the town. Yeah. So anyone in an NG postcode is thrilled by yeah. Martin Gilliam's yeah. work. Some... So I've, I've got up here, Streetwise Hercules says um, a seven that was wearing six with a picture of Thierry Dusitoise next to Richard McCaw or Jerome Kano as a man of the tournament. Yeah, hard to argue with. Elisa says Stephen Donald. Uh, hear me out. He was the fourth choice for the first five for, all, for the All Blacks. Played the odd 47 minutes in the final of the World Cup. His boot won the ABs the Cup. In that 47 or so minutes, the man threw everything he got in. Tackled everything in front of him. Worthy player of the World Cup. I mean, he's no Andy Monroe, but I understand your point. Okay, I've just had a really good one. Um, yeah. Fact. Says, as an Argentinian, uh, Argentine, I'm going to say uh, Nico Sanchez or Juan Imoff. Nico Sanchez didn't go to the 2011 Rugby World Cup, but did, we'll still... I did think that, yeah. We'll still take... I mean, Imoff played well when he came in. Imoff, yeah, spent the whole thing um, yeah. on the bench. To be fair, he might have uh, be confused with the 2015 one, because yeah, Sanchez yeah, genuinely was one of the best players in that tournament. Yeah, I think he's probably the 10 of the tournament. We haven't got there yet, and will we get there later? Who knows? <laughs> Even though I said no earlier. Uh, I mean... The hunk in the tongue saying the most important part of this podcast was that his awe of the Australian backline wasn't purely biased, and I agree with that. They were so much fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Dara, brackets Alex, says has to be Pocock, never a bad player. Sean Ward saying Richie McCaw felt, yeah, Dexter for the whole level he performed at whilst injured, and as a team to win. I mean, Deeps also mentioned Martin Gillingham for service the NG postcode. Nice, nice. There's a few players mentioning Pocock. Uh, Dusitoire, again, comes up a couple of times. Irwin Monolaren, nor did he mention my Pierre. I did yeah. put up the poll, and I put the options as you know, someone else, or Richie McCaw, David Pocock, or Sam Warburton. At first, it was quite level between Warburton and McCaw. Yeah. Now, with over a thousand votes in, the current leading is Sam Warburton on twenty six percent, David mm-hmm. Pocock on twenty percent, and Richie McCaw on thirty five percent. Which makes Richie McCaw the listeners player of okay. the tournament. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I was going to allot four votes. I say we allot, what, two or three to McCaw. Uh, is there anyone that's come up particularly often in the other shouts? I don't think there is, really. Deuce to came a couple of times. Yeah. But I figure... I think McCaw, McCaw takes the for, majority there. Three for McCaw, because we're doing proportional representation here. Uh, yeah. Three for McCaw, one for Warburton? Yeah, yeah, we'll say that. Okay. We'll throw those onto the overall tally. Okay. Uh, are we each going to pick our player of the tournament now? Yes. Okay. 
I know who mine is now. Okay. So, for his outstanding contribution throughout the tournament to the many, many all-black wins, uh, and eventually the win of the whole tournament, uh, my player of the tournament for the Rugby World Cup 2011 is Jerome Kano. Jerome Kano. Interesting. Okay. I remember so, thinking this at the time, and I stand by it. Yes, I, I remember thinking at the time. He was the, the real standout. That gives Jerome Kano three extra votes. Yes. Mine is a two-way split between Kano's right up there, but for me it's between Richie McCaw and Mar Nonu. Okay. And I am I am kind of struggling with which way I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I also wish I couldn't see the running tallies in front of me. So that I was making this decision without knowing whether it would swing the eventual winner. Yeah, okay. I know um, which of those two I would vote for. So, which would you vote for out of curiosity? Nonu. Nonu, yeah. So, stage. I am, out of those two, going to vote for Ander Monroe. Um, so, <laughs> Ander Monroe gets my free vote. No, sure, okay, because the listeners went with McCaw. I'm going to give mine to Nonu. Okay. Nonu is my player of the tournament nominee. Okay. So, do, do we look at the decks of the tournament before we announce who's won the overall? I think so. I okay. believe so. Okay. Because I, I don't, I genuinely don't know what's what's mm. happened here. So, dicks of the tournament. Again, you floated a poll on Twitter. The options that you put on were Martin Rodriguez, Amphigur, Mark Lievermont, or other. And I'll tell you what, with the 644 votes on that, you can tell a lot of them are people who have not been listening to this all the way through. Because yes. Martin Rodriguez and Amphigur sit on 14% each. And... <laughs> Uh, we know just how, and also I suppose a lot of people won't know who our finger is um, I also want to just mention quickly uh, a shout's just come in saying from uh, Tom Bezier saying Alexis Palisson obviously <laughs> player of the tournament that's a brilliant shout I love it I love obviously it. so a lot of people have thrown out Alan Roland as the dick of the tournament yeah so I didn't put Alan Roland or Bryce Lawrence on those two have been basically the only people mentioned in replies to my tweet. Yeah, it's it's been largely just referees mentioned. So Cammy Black gets in touch, hello Cammy, and says other the entire England squad, which hard you to know argue is with. yeah very hard to argue with. Uh, Harley Worthy says Mr P try. Thank you Harley, you're very much on my wavelength here. <laughs> but then you start scrolling through. Robbie John Young says Manu Tuolangi, you know for jumping Fair off the pier. Yeah, I like that. And we had one Frenchman mentioning uh, Joubert as Dick of the Tournament. Fair enough, yeah. But literally every other response beyond that is... Oh, no, and Adam Winston saying commentary teams butchering uh, Welsh player names. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough, you know, you can throw them in. Tim O'Connor says Aurelion Gougery. Oh, okay. Meaning Rougery. Because he he did a gouge. Yeah. Um, Supposedly. Every other response beyond that is either Alan Roland or Bryce Lawrence, right? Yeah. The poll I did, the winner of that poll is Mark Lievermont. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, I think the majority of votes has to go... I think we have to split it. So of the four audience votes, two to Bryce Lawrence, one to Roland, one yeah. to Lievermont. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because we've got a lot of people talking about this, so... Yeah, I think I think that's valid. Yeah, me um, honor that. So, who is your dick of the tournament? So, right, I know what you're all thinking. You're all thinking my dick of the tournament is going to one of two places: Martin Rodriguez, we've already mentioned, 
and Anthony Fienger, who I gave Dick of the Day to in every, single every game, game he played. played. Yeah, even the one we scored two tries. Yeah, um, and you managed to convince me a couple of times to, um, to swing yeah. with you. So look, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I've got a personal vendetta against this guy just because I used to rate him, and now I think he's shit. Right. However, that is not who I'm going to vote for what? for Dick of the Tournament. You're not giving it to Antfinger. I'm not giving it to Antfinger. You have the option to, just so you know. I, in order to down. leave the tension open, I'm going to throw over to you. I don't know who you're thinking is your dick of the tournament. Okay. But so, I, feel like, I feel like I could probably convince you of mine if you're not going for the same person. Oh, okay, okay. So, my dick of the tournament, I mean, one of them mm. is Eliotta Fomanisopoulou. I think he yes. stands up as a dick because of this tournament, and that's still spoken about to this day. Uh, but I think it would be wrong of me to not give it to either Martin Rodriguez or Adney Fayenga. Those two have been consistently giving us just top-tier entertainment all tournament. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for what massive plebs they've both been. So <laughs> I was actually going to reply to your tweet earlier and mm. just say, like, if Antfinger doesn't win this, there's something is completely wrong. Or people are voting without knowing who we mean by Antfinger. Yes. Uh, like those fourteen percent are all clearly loyal listeners. Yes, um, thank you. But I, I am going to say my dick of the tournament is one and only Anthony Fienger. Okay, it has to be. It has to be. I w- couldn't. I'd be beside myself if I didn't give. So, it I'm going to ask this question, right? Why was Martin Rodriguez up for so many Dick of the Day nominations? Because he was. Because <laughs> he was picked. <laughs> yeah. Because, eight, you know, he was pretty shoddy, but he kept putting himself forward to take shots at goal from halfway. Yeah. You know, like he was constantly going for shots at goal from halfway and he didn't get a single one in the whole World Cup. Yeah. Like he just kept going for shots from 45, 50 metres, missing every single one of them, sometimes even further out. Yeah. And you then throw out some of the other players that are high up, right? James Hook got a lot of Dick of the Day nominations. Okay. Toulouse Levea got a lot of Dick of the Day nominations, right? Sean Webb. All of them missed quite a lot of kicks at goal and that was a big factor right dan parks you know mostly for just being the most boring player to ever exist i hate where this is going we we have to go back and think so a large part of what went wrong with this world cup right of the the thing that ruined this world cup was the missed shots at goal you look at that pool c in particular your dick of the day is almost almost every single shot at goal that whole tournament was missed right where more shots at goal were missed than successful in that pool right i went back on one episode and did the stats and added up the total where you know england georgia romania and argentina and scotland were missing basically every shot they took right that all started in the second game of the tournament when one mr chris mossy patterson missed from between the posts he was the best goal kicker in the world at the time he'd been on a world record run the year before and he missed a conversion from between the posts and in doing so cursed the rugby world cup 2011 to be an event in which no one could kick the ball johnny wilkinson kept missing shots at goal and he's regarded as maybe the best goal kicker of all time right so my dick of the tournament is chris patterson for missing between the posts and cursing this whole world cup unbelievable ever Ever more since. Wow. I, I, I didn't see that coming. There's a part of me that's just like mildly pissed off you've gone down that route. But <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. You you make a striking point. You've not convinced me in the way okay. you thought you would. But I respect your decision. Sure. Okay. So this leaves us to look over 
the leaderboard, right? There have been okay. a few changes late on. Yeah. Uh, I am quickly going to run over the players in joint 10th place okay. for either award, yeah. right? Or it's joint 9th and 10th for okay. Dick of the Day. Dick of the Day, right? Players in... Ninth place, we have David Skrella, Penalty Tribe, Dan Parks, Nigel Owens, James Haskell, Merab Kavirakashvili, uh, who is, of course, perfect, but, yeah, has, you know, a couple of their nominations. Chris Ashton, Marabu Gamasco, Felipe Contopomi, uh, Leonardo Gherardini, Eliotta Fulmontopolo, Cameramen in general, uh, <laughs> Pierre Spies, Mark Lievermont, Alan Rowland. In 10th place for Man of the Match, we have Marius Tinku, James Olive, Ben Youngs, Tommy Bow, Alexander Tualangi, Foy Dupria, DJ van der Merwe, Stephen Ferris, Kian Healy, Jamie Roberts, Andrew Monroe, Julian Bonnet, Michael Leach, Francois Hugar, Felipe Contepomi, Luke Burgess, which is a surprise nomination. Yeah. Uh, Imanol Aranordiki and Thierry Dusatois. Okay. Could you please, on one of those lists, just give me the countdown now? Uh, just We'll do one list at a time, I think, just to avoid confusion. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to... Those are just the, the interspatches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to start with Man of the Match or Dick of the Day? We'll start with Dick of the Day. Okay. So, in eighth place, with three nominations... It is a oh in fifth place, sorry, fifth place, tied with three nominations are Bryce Lawrence, Sean Webb, and Nicholas Vagaggio. Okay, okay. From those, I would pick. Oh, Sean Webb was fucking plonker. Um, <laughs> but I would say Vagaggio because that was over a spread of multiple games, and okay. one of them was a quarterfinal. So I would say that he he's the the top of those three. So he, he I say he's fifth place. Okay, we then have coming into joint fourth place, right? A two-way tie between James Hook and Martin Rodriguez. Wow, James Hook caught up with him. James Hook caught up with him. Both of them had four Dick of the Day nominations. Rodriguez only got four. Rodriguez somehow only got four. Wow, I of suppose course, Sam Sam delegated his captain. Yeah. Trusting Rodriguez, yeah, that makes sense. Wow, I'm amazed. Well, Rodriguez has to be above Hook. Yeah, Rodriguez has to be above Hook. Yeah, Martin Rodriguez, I think, takes the bronze medal. Chris Patterson has been freshly moved up to second by my free votes. Chris Patterson, wow, that was he got two Dick of Day nominations for missing the shot at goal, and then my free votes for Dick of the Tournament bumped him up. Right, Uh, he would have been way down in tenth place if it hadn't been that. Uh, So he was bumped up massively by. So, there. would you like to please? I wonder who the hell it's going to be. Please tell us who is Robbie Owen, the winner of the Squidge Rugby World Cup retrospective 2011 Dick of the Tournament, with an enormous 11 votes. Oh my fucking god! Putting him six clear of the next closest. It is the one, the only, and finger himself. Anthony Fienga, who I'm, takes the award as an absolute battering. Yeah, I'm going to say right. No one on either list got as many votes as Anthony Fienga. So literally, there was nothing when when I I picked my dick of the tournament. There was mm. nothing I could have done that would have meant Anthony Fienga wouldn't have won it, even if I voted no. somebody. If no, I voted yeah. Rodriguez, he still literally would've. literally no one else could have caught up with him. Anthony Fenger was decided in advance. So well deserved, that is. So yeah. well deserved. Okay, should we go through the man of the match ratings? Yes. In eighth place, we have a tie. Okay. Okay. Freeway tie between Schultberger, Alan Wynne-Jones, and Sam Warburton. Okay. I think 
Sam Warburton is the standout of those three, isn't he? In this World yeah, Cup, yeah, I think so. I, I think, think Scott Berger was very good, but he was. And Alan yeah. Jones was of you know always played to a yeah. very very high standard. Absolutely, narrowly pitty, pipping them thanks to that that half vote is Beric Barnes. Oh my god! Wow. Okay, that's that's unexpected. Beric Barnes, real late contender. Yeah. He was on 0.5 prior to the bronze final. Wow. But he is for some reason. The bronze final put him into probably third place. Put him into yeah. into third place. But okay. we've got a joint, you know, we've got a joint next award. Okay. Because uh, really, he's fourth, fifth, whatever. Yeah. Joint bronze, we have David Pocock and Chris Ashton with okay. four votes apiece. I would I would give that to Pocock. I think so. Yeah. Uh, those two players would have been prior to the additional votes by ourselves also, in the audience. Pocock's jackling it off Ashton anyway. Of course he is, yeah. He's tackling him to ground and taking it off him and then donating it to children in Zimbabwe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Prior to our additional votes in this episode, those two would have finished joint second. Okay. And then in second place, we have the player of the player with the most man of the match nominations, Lucas Gonzalez Amorosino. Yeah. Who is now tied with Jerome Kaino for second. I see. Okay. That's that makes a difference. However, You'd... however, do we award points to Amrosino for try the tournament? Yeah, I think I think of those two, we'll give it yeah. to Amrosino because a he did it in actual games rather than yes. getting the, the booster one from me, uh, and b yeah he got try the tournament. So we'll say yeah. Amrosino gets the, the silver. So Am- Amrosino got the most man of the match nominations with five. Again, yeah. one of only three players to get nominated unanimously between us and the guest. Yeah. Real standout, really, really good World Cup, even though he spent a few games on the bench. Yeah. Um, but it gives us a tie in first place between our player of the tournament, who is, at the minute, a draw between Richie McCaw and Mar Nonu. Right. Wow. Both of them finishing on six, so it's really tight at the top. So earlier, I said that out of those two, I would give it to Nonu personally. Mm. But who who do, who do it, we say is the, the it, Squid Rugby World Cup 2011 retrospective player of the tournament? It becomes tricky, doesn't it? I mean, you can look to an audience as a tiebreaker, but then we didn't put Nonu on the poll. Yeah. So they couldn't vote for him. Yeah. Nonu got more Man of the Match awards in the actual games, didn't he? So I say they we They both got him. the same number. They Did both they? got the same number. Did they? They both okay. got three. But McCaws all came in the knockouts. M- yeah. Nonu's all came in the pool stage. Yeah. I'm not really sure like how to how to judge that. No. And it's the same thing where because I tried to weight it so if a player got nominations in multiple games, then yeah. they went higher up. McCaw and Nonu got nominations in the same number of games. Right, okay. <laughs> it's really, really tied. It's very difficult. And it makes it very, very hard. Um however, I want to propose Something right? Okay, I uh, I have a way to break this tie. Okay, I want to throw over to our very special guest for today. Okay, it is the one and only P Money. P Money. Hey P Money. Hey P Money. Thanks for coming back for the third time on this podcast now. Hey bro. So hey, firstly, bro. firstly, how's how's the new album going? It's going really well, bro. Uh, I've been writing loads of great news, sick tracks. Okay, um, all about Hoskins Atutu. Okay, okay. Um, I've just remembered I don't care. But who is who? who would You're you really say? Harsh to me, bro. I don't know why I keep coming back when you keep saying things like that to me, bro. Sorry, I'm really hurting your feelings, aren't I? But 
Anyway, who would you propose is the the player of the tournament? Well, so what I was thinking, bro, is uh because I don't have strong opinions on that because they're both all blicks and I love all blicks. Uh, what I could do is I could flip myself and if I land on my face, then I've got a serious injury problem and I'm concussed. Uh, but if I land on my back, then it's Mononu. Okay, I like that. I like that as an so idea. I'm so gonna, I'm going to flip myself, bro. And okay, if, bro. It's, if it's heads, then it's um, Richie McCaw. And if it's tails, no, it should be, maybe it should be the other way around because Richie McCaw injured his ankle. So okay. tails is Richie McCaw. Tails is McCaw. And heads, heads is, is Nonu. More Nonu because he had the hair that okay. was distinctive level. Let's go, P-Money. So <laughs> we're flipping a coin to decide our the player, player of the tournament. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's absolutely ramshackle as we intended. So I'm going to show it to the camera and okay. you're going to tell me who the is our... Squidge Rugby World Cup 2011 retrospective player of the tournament is Richie McCaw. The one and only All Blacks captain, Richie McCaw, is the official player of the tournament. And Wait, P-Money, how did you manage to applaud? <laughs> that was very impressive. I mean, usually it's people applauding him, you know? Mm. Yeah, does that bring us to the end of the Rugby World Cup 2011 retrospective. It does. However, so I do want to say, right, really the man of the, the true man of the match is the friend we made along the way. Yes. Uh, namely, those friends, Rhiannon Garth-Jones, Sam Larnas, Adam Jenkins, Ali Stokes, Cammy Black, Blaine Scully. Thank you. We have, uh, Gareth Mason, Tom Savage, Ben James, Nick Heath, uh, Sav from Lionbreak Rugby, Jamie Wall, uh, Graham Love, the Draft Rugby Boys, the Bros, um, Sam Roberts, Elgin Alderman, Connor Trainer. Chris Corcoran, uh, Lee Calvert, and Josh Gardner. Uh, other friends include every single person who's listened to the podcast, every single person who's retweeted it, shared it, told their friends and family to listen to it, and even some people they don't even like. And I appreciate that all the more. I want to make a special mention to the guys at Alexis Palace on his is obviously <laughs> the World Cup because um, I love that kind of confidence and. Yeah, thank you to everyone that has listened and has encouraged us on this mad, mad odyssey. We are going to move on and cover another World Cup. It felt like there was only one place ahead after New Zealand. And that place, of course, is also New Zealand. Yeah. So, firstly, before we elaborate on that, I would also like to mm. echo your sentiments. Thank you to anybody who's listened. Encourage us to do this. You know, we started this... I know that you have a significant rugby platform. We started this to just piss about, basically, and watch old games <laughs> of rugby and chat chat about it, you know, uh, as a bit of fun. And a lot of people have listened. We surpassed 70,000 listens this week overall, mm. which is incredible. So, yeah, thank you to everybody who's listened and been so, um, been so patient with us uh, on this. But, yes, you say... We go back to New Zealand in the year 1987. Yeah, that is what is coming next. We are going to go back to the very first Rugby World Cup. And we are going to try and cover every game from that World Cup next. Yeah, so I'm very excited to do that. A lot of the reason why we're doing, I think a lot of people probably assumed that we're going to go forwards in time, but we, mm. we thought going back in time would be a lot of fun, mainly because the rugby's not going to be very good. Yeah, like every now and again, World Rugby shares clips of like Zimbabwe's games. Yeah. And you go, that looks like fun. 
Yeah. So we have, at the minute, I've managed to track down almost every game from the World Cup. I've got a few left to go. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully we should have access to those. And yeah. the plan is that we'll start covering the 87 World Cup, which I reckon a few people will be interested in 2015. We'll get that. again, I think, yeah, we want to we want to go for it in a different order. We don't want to yeah. do it so we're going to catch up with the current World Cups. We, we want to do it in a pretty random, in a random order. order. Yeah. And neither of us have, you know, I've watched maybe two of the games from 20... Yeah, um, exactly. From 87 back yeah. in full, maybe three. It'll be um, so fresh to both of us. It'll be so yeah. much fun watching this back. And yeah. to a lot of our guests who either haven't seen them or will have watched them at the time yeah. and will barely remember it. We're going to keep rolling with guests coming on to watch 1987 games. You know, very similar to what we've done on this World Cup. I'm very excited to give that a go. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So but... that is the plan. However, first, we do want to do a little mini series. Uh, I know this podcast is called the Squid Rugby World Cup Retrospective, but we're going to break that. Yes. It will always be the Rugby World Cup Retrospective, don't get me wrong. But next, we're not going to do a World Cup. We're going to do something different. We're going to do a different series of rugby matches. Let's go back to 2009. And look at the Lions tour with Squidge. That's coming next. So we're going to move right on and head right into the 2009 Lions Tour, and cover all 10 games, the tests and the seven warm-up games, or the six warm-up games plus the Emerging Springboks game. Yeah. We're going to cover those in full, retrospectively, Yeah, in the same style as this podcast, hopefully over the course of the upcoming Lions Tour. Yeah. Uh, some of them may have to be recorded in advance because I know it's going to be very, very busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the plan is we're going to start with that good as good as next week. You know, we're going to start Yeah, we'll as probably as take possible. a week off maybe. But yeah. we're going to rattle through them. So typically, I think between World Cups, we'd probably take a little bit of time off. But yeah. given the lines are starting so soon, we we want to we want to rattle through these and really I also build the hype. Want to mention we had wanted to cover the Women's World Cup in the lead up yeah. to what would have been uh, the 2021 Women's World Cup. But with that being pushed back a year, we're going to push those plans back a year. Yeah, uh, yeah. and cover 87 first. After that's the definitely part of the plan. Is we're going to, we're going yeah. to cover the Women's World Cup. Which I'm really, really excited to do. Yeah, me too. But yes, the Lions is coming next. So the next you hear from us will be talking about the Lions against the Royal 15 from 2009, their opening game of the tour, which is really exciting to say because this was both of our first Lions tour we watched, Mm. much like this being our first World Cup. So it's a similar sort of nostalgia that comes with this. So I'm, I'm buzzing to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get into that on fall. We'll go through that kind of nostalgia as we go. We'll see you in 2009 very, very shortly. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for sticking through to the end of this one. And we will see you very soon for some Lions stuff. Thank you all. Nostar. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.